Hey guys, I'm Patty. After a weird dark night of the soul experience, a sort of scary existential crisis that I went through, and I'm sure many more to come, I was inspired by books and podcasts to help other people. Podcasts had really helped me make sense of what I was going through at the time, so I thought I'd attempt to do the same for others. In this podcast, I explore conversations that blur lines between mind, body, and spirituality to start the healing process. We'll discuss all things like psychology, meaning, trauma, meditation, self-care, relationships, health, and simply just existing. I hope to help you find meaning here on this wacky, mysterious planet we all are on. I know at one point I needed it too. If you need to reach me, my Instagram is M-Z-X-P-A-T-R-I-S-H-A. See you then. Deep, deep, deep dark night of the soul. In fact, I'm lying. The first dark night of the soul wasn't that dark. You had it multiple? Was. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Healing House. We will be starting the healing process shortly. Before you enter, please leave your mind temporarily at the door and enter with your soul. We are now entering a space of total consciousness. Here's your host and guide, Patty Spack. Today's conversation is with Jamie Monday, who's inspired me originally from his YouTube videos on the Dark Night of the Soul. A dark night of the soul is considered a devoid or a limbo kind of period of your life, an existential crisis on the spiritual journey, where it sometimes feels like there is no universe or there is no God, um, asking questions like, who am I really and why are we all here? Uh, Depression and anxiety may seep in at this point, and it certainly did for me. And it's a common experience in humans who are in search of spiritual answers about the universe or just about themselves. It doesn't have to be spiritual. Jamie is a yoga instructor and spiritual mentor that has experienced a kundalini awakening and a few dark nights of the soul on his journey. He now helps others understand what they're going through by coaching and speaking on these subjects. This is where I came across him during some of my darkest moments, so I had to speak with him. If you have any questions on your spiritual journey, hopefully this conversation helps. I do want to note that this is not a diagnosis or to treat, cure anyone with a mental illness. And if you are in serious need of psychological help, please consult a doctor or professional. This conversation is just to shed light on the dark parts of a spiritual path in life. Check out Jamie at spiritualawakeninghelp.com. Thank you guys so much. I've been uh, probably starting this year experiencing a lot of synchronicities. It's probably why it's driven me to this call. But um, I started watching your videos (laughs) when I was going through the dark night of the soul. And one of your videos, um, actually recently I watched it a couple days ago, where you said during your dark night of the soul, you were Googling, like, (laughs) like, how long is this going to (laughs) last? 
I did the same thing. And that's how I came across your videos. You know, there could be multiple or what it even is. And I was like, oh, no, because <laughs> I want to get out of this so bad. Um, Are you still in it? I'm, I think I'm coming out of it. I'm definitely coming out of the worst of it. I was reading a book called Spiritual Liberation, and it talks about how the dark night of the soul is um, you're no longer who you used to be, but you're not yet who you will become. So yeah. I'm definitely not the same person. Actually, a question that I wanted to ask you, is it is it something that in the moment when I'm seeing or sensing the synchronicity, is it something that I should be paying attention to in that moment? Or just does it mean in general that, you know, you're doing the right thing? Because that's what I, I think can, it means. I can only go from my own experience. And yes, I think it means both sometimes. Because sometimes I'll have an inkling or a thought that's coming up. And then I'll look at the synchronicity that would be representational of the other side of that thought. You know, me and you are alike in some ways in that we go to Google to try and find our answers. And that's probably what you've been doing, right? right? But even with the synchronicities, you can get even with that and go, oh, what does this mean? 999. What's 1111 mean? Have you done that? Yeah. No, I've done all. I've I've researched everything. (laughs) And it can drive you crazy, right? Because there's so many different... 11.11 11.11 means you're going to have a great day. Or 11.11 means make a wish. What These right. aren't the same things, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it, always, of course, it means a pinch of, take these things with a pinch of salt. But usually your intuition is, is dead on with it, you know? Because sometimes I used to see synchronicities that meant what I'd read they meant and had a thought that corresponded to the meaning that I'd read that it meant at the same time. Does that make sense? Let's say the, the number 11.11 set, I know it doesn't mean this, but let's say it says 11.11 means you're going to have a great day right okay if, if you do this for example i might have a thought that says i should act on my passion and then see 11 11 we then see that the, the thought uh, i should act on my passion uh, means i'm going to have a great day if i do that thing you make right. sense right so yes. i have had experiences like that whether it means that or not i i don't know mm-hmm. um for, for me in general i just take it to mean that yeah something's guiding me I'm seeing these as a reflection of of my want, my desire to know that I'm supported mm-hmm. by life. So, um, yeah, and that's yeah. My biggest thing now is I I know I have good intuition. I know that it's there, but not sure what to do with the information, kind of thing. How so, are you? Det- how are you determining what is the intuition and what's the ego? Yes, I sometimes I get confused. Is this just my like for an instance, like a person? If I get like you know the the person is fun, is great to be around, but I just get like a weird like vibe. Is so there's two does that mean then. I stop? I just cut that person out? Like what does it mean to do with it? You well, know? it doesn't. It doesn't matter what you do because you'll learn either way. But um, if you do cut them out, you might see, oh, actually, that could have been something in me from my past that I thought was intuition, but was actually just a past wound that this person's reflecting to me. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then if I cut them out, then I'm the dick. Yeah. <laughs> because they've got nothing wrong, you see. What would be the indicators for you that it was the uh, clients ask me this all the time, but what would, what would the indicators be for you that it might be ego or it might be intuition? It's just a different feeling and it is a different feeling. it's hard to describe, but I did get that feeling 
I think I'm nervous now, and this is where my mind comes in, is that because I didn't listen to my intuition about my past relationship, it forced me to listen by, I literally was depressed. It's like, okay, you don't want to listen. We're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. We're going to force you to listen. And I am avoiding that happening. So anytime I get some sort of that feeling, I don't want it to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. So I'm like, okay, should I just leave now? (laughs) So that's when like the mind comes in, starts getting worried. And the ego actually will pretend to be the intuition sometimes. Yes, it will. Yes, absolutely true. All the time. And so now it's like, Ah, so I'm still work. I met through meditation. I'm still learning. Oh, okay. This is right. And I think the strategy that I use is what feels right here. Yeah, that's right. It's a feeling thing. If it feels tight, if it feels tight, it's the ego for sure. Mm-hmm. If it feels like, like we've been wronged or, or, or like someone might be lying and it feels tight or whatever it is, it's the ego for sure. Yeah. If it feels light and breezy and like, mm-hmm. oh, I just got that little intuitive nugget from right. my heart self. Okay, cool. Thanks. For letting me. Then it's the intuition. If it's light, it's intuition. If it's right. tight, it's definitely ego. If it's tight and wants you to force somebody away from you, it's ego. If it's light and it still has the same effect, how can I? It's, it's so hard to put labels. It is, isn't it? it is, yeah. So let me give you an example from my life. Mm-hmm. I had a friend that was a compulsive liar, right? And I'd get the intuition oh, that he was a compulsive liar. And it just came up like that. And, and it was light, breezy. And then from there, I knew, okay, fine. I can stop talking to him if, if I don't want to talk to him or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But I've also had experience where I think that people are lying. Or I think, oh, I don't know, I like you. And this feels tight inside and it's ego. Definitely ego then. And I've still done the same action and pushed them away, but then I'm the dick rather than the other way around, in which case we've seen, okay, I've got some some information that's come through for me that, that is right. And then whether I want to do what I want to do with that is up to me. Right. Yeah. I think anything that is, I've been listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you know her or yes. him. Um, it's a, it's a collective person being that speaks through a woman named Esther Hicks. Um, and, uh, she talks about being in the vortex and being out of the vortex. And so when you're, when you're in the vortex and somebody's in the vortex with you in line, it's so easy. It feels like the flow. It feels like, you know, it, you don't even have to think about it. Sometimes you don't even notice you're in it because you're just, you're in it. You're not thinking about it. And that way, when you're in it, things naturally fall out. Things naturally fall away that are not supposed to be in it or that don't flow in it. But when you're trying to put things together and pieces together and force it, it's too, you you feel that like conflict because you're mm-hmm. trying to fit something in a box that doesn't, that doesn't fit. And that's when that like, conflict in me starts that, that right feeling comes yeah the tightness it's super interesting i mean uh, our emotions are a guidance system so it's yeah. uh, it's super important uh, for me to listen to it yeah me too i like abraham mix because she talks about alignment as well doesn't she you yeah. know when we're in and out of alignment you know when we went into dynamic stillness do you remember that bit at the start when we did the breathing <laughs> Yeah. And then we let everything yeah. go and then we connect it to the feeling of dynamic stillness. That is coming into alignment. It's, that's mm-hmm. representative. And I call the vortex that dynamic stillness state. That state, if you can connect to it now, maybe you can. Like where you just, uh, 
maybe you need to close your eyes or something it's to get slow. to it but just feeling that inner body feeling that that's the vortex for me mm-hmm I think I think it's um it's all it's all the same thing. Everyone has like a different word different label yeah. or a word for it. But yeah, it's interesting that you said you used to be scared of silence. I did too. Uh, yeah, maybe in one of the videos. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, you, I, I did used to be scared after the Kundalini awakening happened. In one second, my ego was gone, and I was left in this dynamic stillness, silence. But I wasn't comfortable with it, and I was like, shit, I'm scared like I, I what i knew to be me meaning the ego was gone and now i'm here in this silence which is very unsettling because mm-hmm. i oh i'm talking about something separate because you were talking about being in silence with each other at the start <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i was letting you go because i do want to know about the kundalini awakening too that's super interesting <laughs> I was letting you ride out your vortex. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for just letting me. I didn't want that. to interrupt the flow. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I see what you mean. So yeah, yeah, scared of both silences, you know, scared of not having an ego and then being left in the silence that's unnatural to me, although it's totally natural. But also, yes, scared to be with people socially in that silence because why, well, why was that silence? Why was that fear of silence coming? It's because I had this feeling of I'm not enough you know I need to make myself enough by covering the silence what if it goes silent and they don't think I'm good enough or they but then that we're taking too much responsibility on inside of ourselves, aren't we for them and their reaction to what to us and, and that's exhausting yeah and and people then are bound to not like us because we we're needy yeah yeah I went on my first um silent retreat in July and we silently meditated every morning and night. The whole thing was silent, but we got together as a group and meditated in the morning and at night. And during that half hour, it felt like the longest 30 minutes of my life because I was so uncomfortable with being silent. It was the first time I really had to sit with myself and other people around me. And uh, I'm noticing like so many traumatic kind of like PTSD connections. Like, do I feel safe with, you know, I'm by myself. I flew myself to California by myself with people I didn't know. And, um, I was, I could feel that, that tension. And that's when I know, oh, this is my inner child. Like, this is me being nervous This because of, I don't feel safe. And it's weird how it manifests itself and it pops up many years later. Like, I really thought I was good. I thought I was good to go. <laughs> And, uh, and I, I work with, um, a lot of inner child stuff because I think this whole awakening is just driven from my childhood. And even when I'm doing breathing exercises and meditating, I get a ton of nostalgic childhood memories. The feelings that I, some of the best times of my life were obviously when I was a kid, when I was free, expressing myself, being creative, dancing, singing, being just like a complete weirdo. And and that is still part of me. I'm still like, you can catch me like just, you know, my inner child coming out. But it's also the same part of me that's very nervous around certain people or doubts themselves. Doesn't do, Am I good enough? And and that's my like parents' voice too. And so it's just yeah, it me is. just piecing things together now. Like this was inside yeah. of me 
this whole time. This is all, to... all borrowed stuff that I've, that I've taken from other people. And I don't even believe them really myself. So yeah. why am I holding on to them? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's so weird. And now, so I'm like, I, I'm that's functioning. Why we, that's why we do sadhana though, Patricia. That's why we do sadhana. Do you know what sadhana is? No, I don't. Sadhana is your daily spiritual practice to bring about the highest aliveness of intensity and the highest feeling of energy in the system. Because when that happens, the subconscious mind loosens its grip a little bit. And then these things come to the surface for us to be able to heal. Because when they come up, they come out and then that's it. Job done. See you later. Mm. It's part of the purge that we go through, through the dark night of the soul. Yeah. Um, but, I think but that's why... just makes it faster. I think that's why too, like a lot of people ask when I'm meditating, is it normal when I start meditating that things get worse or like that yeah. I'm crying and, and things are getting yeah. worse? It seemingly is worse, but it's just that things have to come out. And, uh, and I think it's so important. Like if I feel like I need to cry or, <laughs> or something, I will go meditate and I will, I'll get it out because I know it happens when I don't. And, uh, and, and it just gets worse and worse and it grows within me. So. Well, that's yeah. sadhana too. That's, that's part of sadhana is, is meditation. So it sounds like you're already doing it, which is great. Yeah. I still have a, an offness. Yeah. I can't say that I, I'm definitely a lot better, a lot better, but there's definitely still a little, that, I don't that know. Will that will continue for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the question that I had earlier and that I forgot about. What was your experience in the dark night of the soul? Were you feeling pain? Was there a twisting knot in the belly emotionally or was there a heart sink? What was it? Where was the localized pain that you felt? Or, or did you? You tell me. I don't know. If any, if it was a feeling, is actually a lack of a feeling, I would say for me. It was a, yes. there was no meaning in anything that I did. And I was searching I was searching for a good moment. I'm like, is this what it feels like to be happy? I don't remember anymore. It was, it was, I was constantly searching and trying to grasp. Grasp, um, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I think also the, the, what used to be fun for me wasn't me anymore. So when I was engaging myself in activities of like partying and going out, it wasn't working and I was uh -huh. getting frustrated. And, um, and so for the longest time, I, I just was starting to rebuild myself into a new person and learning, okay, what is, what do I really truly enjoy doing? But it was a lack, it was a lack of meaning, an empty feeling. Yeah. I, I, I guess the feeling would be like in my stomach and in my, in my chest for sure. 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 Cause um, yeah, a lot of people come um, to me client wise with that empty feeling. So you're not alone. It seems to be um, a necessary sort of stage in a sense because without that we don't search for more right inside of ourselves without that emptiness we don't search for for yeah we all say we're curious and then we want to know the nature of the universe but then we're looking out there for it mm -hmm. and that emptiness inside then makes us go oh shit yeah all right well then let me take care of this and even if it's unconsciously when we take care of this we begin to see oh everything I've ever wanted to know is in here. It's yeah. never been out there. I can go to drugs, alcohol, and it might soothe things for a moment, but it's, it's not temporary. Is there, it's, it's all temporary. Is there something in here that isn't temporary, that's always stable? And then through the dark night of the soul, we begin to see, yeah, that 
dynamic stillness or that beingness or that presence or that vortex or whatever. It's always present and it's always calm, equanimous, peaceful. And the more time we spend there, then we see, oh, wow, I actually really love this. I can't believe I ever listened to the mind ever mm-hmm. uh, because it always affects this nice feeling that I am. Yeah. And it's always there. I had a moment last night reading and I just was aware. I wasn't aware that I was aware that I was, (laughs) it was just, I'm reading, like reading. There was no I either. It was just reading. It's just just reading. Yeah. It's just just dancing. We're not, we're not the dancer with a dance, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious and, and to how, I mean, this really, this happened very fast for me. I mean, about a year ago, I was like, it just kind of started a little over a year. So I, I did, it's like I went down and then now I'm like shooting back up and like relearning everything that I, that's really truly me now, what I truly enjoy. And so it happened super fast. So I think I'm just all getting it in, into uh, all the pieces into a puzzle now. But um, I wanted to ask, did you experience a lot of dreams during your dark night of the soul? Yes. Yeah. Still do. Every night. They're so vivid. Every night they get more and more real. And it's like, huh? What's going on here? Um, But yeah, why do you ask that? Because I think mine are lessons and significant. And I was wondering if you believe the same thing, especially repeating ones and... Just before this call at 2 p.m. BST, I had a client. No, it wasn't. It was the one earlier at 11 a.m. Um, she came in and she said um, uh, exactly what you just said. I'm having oh, really? these dreams. <laughs> yep. Having these dreams. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm freaked out. I don't know if it's really cool. What if the universe is teaching me something? And, yeah. and I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, it is. Most of the time it is. And most of the time as well, like the dream states are really set. Like, what do I know? I don't know any of this. It's just what I'm going off of my experience. But for me, like the dream state is a, is an easier place for us to be able to deal with those wounds that are really lodged down in the subconscious. Because let's say something's really gripped us for years and it's, and it's deep wedged into our, into our psyche. Um, but we don't have conscious knowledge of it. Then in the dream, it might come up representational of something in the dream, for example, so that when it does come up and then in the waking state, we're like, ah, I've seen you. I'm now more ready to deal with this rather than it being <gasps> in the yeah. waking state. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. I I was reading um, in my book last night that repeating dreams can be a lesson that we're still learning. That we, yes, are, that we still need to pay attention to. And that's, yeah, that's why true. they are presenting themselves in a repeated pattern. I've been journaling journaling them. And it's not until I go back and I read them that I'm like, oh my God, that was about my dad. Or, oh my God, that was about this or that. And it's so clear. But like in it, you don't, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And I think that's the magic of it. Like I yeah. said, it's that softening. It comes in like a, a way that was not really, really obvious so that when we're ready to deal with it or we look back and we see, oh, yeah, I learned that lesson in that dream even. Mm-hmm. I've I, I made that healing in the dream so that when it came up here, I look at it again and I'm like, oh, wow, well, I have a totally new perspective on that. And now there's new energy inside of myself. I feel like I've accomplished something mm-hmm. in a way that was way less painful than it, need, than it, than it could have been because it came up in the dream state, not real life. Yeah, it's weird. 
It is weird. Have oh, this is weird. This is all weird. <laughs> it is. It is weird. <laughs> hey, here's my question for you. What have you found about old friends? Do you still keep in contact with old friends that you've had before the awakening experience or do they all think that you're batshit crazy? Like <laughs> I still am in contact with some high school friends. I'm learning that, you know, catching up with them, it's just not the same. I um, get what you mean. It's just not the same. I want to I wanna be talking about other things. Um, just I like be dreams and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess like talking to some of my old friends. So like, yeah, you always used to talk about dreams. Y'all, you always used to be very like philosophical, but the mm-hmm. whole spiritual component kind of just, so I guess it was in you. It was almost like a prep. Like, do you think that there was a, now this is me going off my own thing, but do you Please. think looking back when your dark night of the soul happened, was there a prep? Like, was there something going on before it click happened? The awakening? Yes, breakup with an ex-girlfriend that I had treated like shit. Yeah. Uh, and the guilt of that then led me to a, a moment of, of my, yeah, a moment of, I, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm going to have to drop it all. And mm-hmm. I dropped it all. Weirdly said the Lord's Prayer. I, I'm not Christian either. And just said oh. it. And then, yeah, I know. And then it's just... Oof, this energy blasted all the way through my system and then the ego was gone. And I was like, this is what I'm here for. Oh shit. Uh, wow. What on earth was that? This is better than any drug I've ever touched. And then after that conscious, my consciousness expanded in every single direction and, and almost like a sphere. And then almost whisked me off my feet. I was like, Whoa, almost fell over with this amazing I'm joy. Jealous. And I'm like, oh, no, don't be jealous. See, this is why <laughs> This is probably my ego talking, you know. I probably need to curb it, you know, because it's like, I love talking about it because it's so interesting. Oh, I don't shut up about mine. Everyone knows about my So I'm like, guys, you don't understand. This happened that I felt like this. But I didn't have, I I don't know if, is is a kundalini awakening where you feel the energy going up your spine? Because I didn't have that experience. I just had the dark night and then I kind of rebuilt myself. Not not everybody does. um, But I'm waiting for my, it's almost like I am waiting for my own moment. Don't don't put a goal on it because if it's your destiny, it's your destiny. Right. If it's not, then perhaps you've got the slower path. Regardless, um, the slower path is not the right way. No, no, I know what you mean. Because sometimes it can be the faster path to Gradual. go the slower way. Cause, yeah, because somebody who's had a fast awakening then gets really arrogant about it and thinks all of the job's done. Oh, gosh, I'm basically the Messiah. Let yeah. me walk through it. You know? And it, it's not like that at all. Because then you come back and you crash. And right. that's then that's then what caused my dark night of the soul. Gotcha. Yeah, it's Why interesting. Why experienced and then a deep, deep, deep dark night of the soul. In fact, I'm lying. The first dark night of the soul wasn't that dark. You had it multiple? Was, mm-hmm. The first dark night of the soul was the emptiness, that feeling of emptiness. And then I had to find a way to connect with myself and, and find that inner connection so that I didn't feel so empty. That was my first dark night of the soul. And then life got normal again. I was doing my practice every day and I started feeling good again. I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm getting this. And then boom, second dark night of the soul. I don't oh. want to scare you with that. Um, and then that was the real, that one really mm-hmm. like uh, totally unconscious. And I say this because people might experience it, and I know some do. Um, 
totally um, uh, unconscious pain that would make you feel sick to the stomach every knot in the belly almost bring away all of your life energy and bring you to your knees kind of thing Um, that was the second dark night so I don't wish that on anyone but but I do because that will change you in ways that are so profound that it's really a blessing it doesn't feel like it but it's the best it's like a baptism of fire yeah how do you feel now uh not like that (laughs) (laughs) good Um, so 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 I go through um I've never experienced that again one day it just stopped and then that was that and I've, I've never touched it again inside of myself thank god yeah it sounds horrible. but how, how do I feel now well so dynamic stillness mm-hmm. that the vortex is my natural state of being it's everyone's natural state of being being but we fool ourselves into thinking with the mind you know but for now within reason most of my dark karma in my mind has relaxed into the beingness. The ego's been integrated somewhat into the feeling of beingness. So I'm more of a feeling being than a thinking being. I'm more of a human being now than a human thinking, like the rest of the world, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, which is the best and most natural process. Now, does that mean that my ego doesn't come back in? No, it does. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm not an absolute cheeky rascal once in a while? <laughs> no, I am. But do I still do stupid things? Yes, I do. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> do I still <laughs> party? Do I still party once in a while? Well, I've lessened it a hell of a lot, um, and, and and it's very rare I even get an invite anymore because they know <laughs> that I can't drink anymore. Yeah. But uh, I still get invites once in a while. Sometimes I'll say no, and sometimes I will go just for that social aspect, you know. And I will have a drink or two, mm-hmm. or three, or six. Mm-hmm online and then i'll regret it in the morning but you, right. you see the, the process that the change from that unconscious pain to what's really a natural a natural pleasant yeah feeling. just flow <laughs> it is it is flow and mm-hmm. that flow is created by constantly being connected to the vortex or to the to the dynamic stillness and when we're not connected just noticing oh yeah i've done that again and then realigning ourselves with it because this feeling is god's gift i i hope we're okay with that terminology it doesn't yeah. need to be that terminology but it's god's gift to everyone you yeah. know we didn't do anything for this natural state of being with peace and joy it's always here and and whether we access it or not is up to us it's a choice do we like fear in the mind well if we do we can go to it do we like peace well we say we like peace but really we're quite addicted to fear a lot especially in this time right now mm-hmm. um, and i just refuse to be a part of that fear anymore yeah i'm struggling with like routine and 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 the, that's when the ego starts getting in the way well you should have meditated today uh you should yeah. have went for a run today and then when and i then don't i feel like shit and it's yeah and then we go and do the silly things like going drinking and going get a chinese chow mein or whatever and oh, eating yeah. really shitty food or and that that's the thing it, the ego's so crafty isn't it because now it's a spiritual ego it's saying you should have done your spiritual practices yeah. your nose and it's, get it's rid of that guy <laughs> <laughs> well we've got to integrate it i don't know whether making it the enemy is the best option because then we're still separated aren't we but who knows yes. i don't know what works no, for you. no you're work right but um yeah, where was I going with that? Can't remember. Yeah, but now it's using that I'm not good enough belief mm-hmm. with a spiritual context, isn't it? So it's still an ego. It's the same thing. It's just changed its cloak. 
yeah. it's just it's got dressed up a clown rather than you know a dog i don't know <laughs> yeah analogy, but it's I the mean, same I'll- ego it's a different thing it it's funny you say it that way because i feel like sadness and the fear that i alternately experience sometimes i'll have more I'm not really, I'm not depressed anymore. Thank God. But now I'm just dealing with like anxiety or, or like, um, even existential anxiety. Like, you know, why are we here? (laughs) It's a little freaky. Um, Experience that because then that'll drive you deeper. Even. Yeah. I mean, it's forcing me to do these things now. So it's, it's it's insane, but it's the same energy. I don't know if you feel the same way, but the sadness for me, that, that ball of energy that made me feel down, it's just in a different form, but it's the same energy that also makes me scared. It's the same, it's the same thing. It's driving me the same positive route spiritually, but it just has a different look or a different taste on it. The sadness and the fear is it's all the same ball of energy. It's teaching me the same thing. It's all here for the same reason, but it just comes and it comes out in different forms as nervousness. Sometimes it comes out as like depression or sadness. And you know, what's the biggest thing that I've had to learn in this journey is that even the sad things, um, things that we would call lower vibration, maybe we yeah. use that technology, um, are, are equal to that those feelings that are higher vibration there is no difference between a good feeling and a sad feeling there, there the is same intensity in our, in our in our preference yeah but you're right in what you say it's the same energy that fuels it our energy our beingness fuels either this positive emotion or this negative emotion this positive tendency or that negative tendency and we can keep trying to scrub away the tendencies um, but i think it was matt khan described it this way have you ever heard of matt khan no great spiritual teacher follow him on instagram he's great um, okay he he wrote something on instagram the other day he said the spiritual awakening journey is like scrubbing a mirror we do all of this work to try and get rid of all of our bad habits and then we finally look in the mirror and see that the mirror is still blurry there's still blotches of dirt on the mirror uh-huh. that we can never ever get rid of and then we take a step back and look and see that these blotches, these tendencies, these emotions, these sadnesses are just here in the mirror, mirror to reflect back to me who I really am in my essence, which is yeah. eternal. The one watching these things, the one, the one interacting with these things. Have you ever heard of Muji? Yes. I've been to one of his satsangs in India. I would, lo- that's like my, that's one of my, that's on my bucket list. I want to see him. <laughs> he was referring to somebody else, but he says, it's like knocking on the door trying to get inside and then the door opens and you've been knocking on the inside the whole time. Mm. And, uh, that's like exactly, you know, kind of what you're saying, you know, you're, and you're like, Oh, Oh, it's still there. Yeah. Because. Oh, 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 even this is still the self that I am. Yeah. Well, it was really nice talking to you. This is all really awesome. I manifested this. (laughs) I don't know whether that's a good manifestation or a bad (laughs) manifestation. Well, thanks Patricia. I'll, um, I'll see you later. Thank you so much. Yes, bye-bye. Bye-bye.